0: Welcome to HealthCast. I'm your host, Adam Patterson. We are joined today by Dr. Raphael Fricks, VA's Associate Director for AI Medical Imaging, on how Veterans Affairs is leading groundbreaking research applying artificial intelligence towards brain and mental health. The agency has made considerable strides in treating conditions like TBI, as well as PTSD and complex trauma, with VA starting to apply its AI expertise towards better understanding these conditions as well. The agency will be convening its first ever Brain Summit from September 7th through 9th of this year, convening a host of experts within VA and from partner organizations to showcase the future of brain and mental health care. Dr. Fricks, welcome back to the program. Yes,
1: uh, it's nice to be back here again. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. And it is uh, always great to have you. And again, just to start off with kind of the preliminaries here, um, can you tell us a bit about your career and your research interest and what brought you to your current role at NIA?
1: Sure. I, I kind of had a sort of a complicated route, I feel like, into the VA, but I joined the VA as a uh, postdoctoral fellow as part of their uh, big data science training enhancement program, the BDSTEP program. Uh, which was a wonderful program. I really encourage a lot of people to look into it if, if that's uh, in line with your interests. Um, and that gave me an opportunity to work with the uh, Department of Veterans Affairs on various different, especially cancer-centric topics, but also with the radiology department at Duke University. And so I my background is that I was uh, doing uh, AI research into radiology applications. And from there, um, I've gradually got to know about the National AI Institute. I was hired in to uh, run their AI textprint program, which is continuing to do well these days. And, uh, you know, sort of just started expanding my role. I'm actually now Associate Director for AI and Medical Imaging uh, with the National AI Institute and with the Maverick Center in Boston. And we have a lot of exciting imaging projects that we're looking to do in the future that the VA is really poised to uh, to do this work to sort of, I, w- I would even argue uh, lead the way in some of this work as we've done with a lot of other radiology innovations in the past, uh, based on the, you know, vast amounts of data, resources, and really the, uh, I sort of think of it as the strength of our mission that we, we, you know, treat so many patients, we are always looking to apply the latest technology in veterans care. And really it's a it's a hotbed for innovation in that way.
0: Yeah, definitely. It sounds like, again, between your expertise, your partnerships and the sheer amount of data and resources you have, NIA is really well positioned to be driving forward medical research, not just for VA, but America as a whole. And you mentioned, of course, that your background included, you know, uh, imaging and and research into cancer and oncology. And I'm curious what areas, you know, broadly speaking, what areas of healthcare and apply to AI have been some of NIA's main projects since your founding back in 2019?
1: Uh, well, so through the AI text print, we've, uh, We've, we've definitely screened a bunch of prototypes that have now gone on to be pilot projects within the VA. Uh, those include innovations for suicide prevention, for early triage, for uh, sort of flagging uh, messages that uh, are sent to our veterans crisis line for potential troubling sort of messages that might indicate some sort of distress. Uh, but also, you know, we're looking at triage systems for Uh, early detection of skin cancer lesions like different dermatological lesions you might run into. Um, We want to expand that into uh, sort of having uh, an additional triage system for medical imaging that we have multiple findings that might be visible within routine scans that we'd like to recapture in the future. Um, And in addition to that, we also advise on policy. Uh, We've had some involvement with a sort of a, a report from the NITRD intra Agency um, Committee. Uh, NITRD has set up a fast track action committee this year to advise the executive branch on uh, privacy preserving data sharing technology, that this is, you know, now as, as we start to collect so much data and we've seen some bad actors um, out there in terms of what kind of data they collect and how they share it, uh, we're working with various government agencies to evaluate how can you use this data responsibly or develop AI in a trustworthy manner, which is something that we define in our AI strategy. And you know, how can we continue to keep the public's trust as we develop solutions that are effective and understood by all to you know, be a, a public good?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's a pretty impressive breadth of research. Again, you said both from your early screening focus to this work on ethical AI and, and privacy and data protection, that encompasses a pretty pretty interesting scope of work. And it sounds like also, you know, NIA is moving more and more into focusing on, I guess you would things you would refer to broadly as cognitive health, you know, mental health and things like that. And for my, I can totally journeyman understanding that neuroscience and neurology are are deeply complicated topics. The human brain, again, is such a a fundamentally complicated organ unto itself. And I'm wondering how is the kind of computational sophistication allowed by AI capacities, you know, the artificial intelligence you have, how is that in particular helpful for advancing our understanding of fields as complicated as brain and mental health?
1: Well, you know, our our big initiative right now is that we are planning on behalf of the VA, the Brain Summit, which is uh, intended to be essentially a small uh, academic conference or technical conference thrown by the uh, VA, that this will be a three-day meeting in September in the Washington, D.C. area from September seventh through 9. And the intention is that we will explore how artificial intelligence is applied in various different domains that we sort of call total brain health. And so those include uh, sort of brain cancers or more broadly head and neck cancers. Uh, We also have a focus on brain injury and rehabilitation that, uh, you know, the Department of Veterans Affairs treats the most TBIs of any uh, healthcare system in the United States. And so there have been new efforts to apply AI in the domain of Traumatic brain injury to try to better understand how that's affecting the individual and see if we can customize their—I uh, should say personalize—really their their treatment route. Um, we call that uh, phenotyping of TBI. Where if we integrate various different signals, various different types of imaging and medical tests that we can perform, is there some way that we can piece that information together to uh, sort of improve that person's outcomes? And lastly, I would also say that the third sort of core focus area of this uh, summit is in mental health, that, um, you know, in addition to the physical sort of organic uh, parts of the brain, we want to make sure that we've, we're covering all the bases here. And uh, mental health is certainly a focus of the Department of Veterans Affairs. We have really put out a lot of efforts into suicide prevention recently, that suicide still remains a pervasive problem within the veteran population. And so, we want to highlight not only what research is being done in these three domains, but also look at some cross cutting topics about artificial intelligence, some of these trustworthy and ethical questions that we uh, discussed before, uh, how data can be shared uh, privately, but also federal resources for doing this kind of research that include um, cloud computing options that are coming online that give us the computational power to really do this research in earnest. And we're also inviting a lot of other government agencies, academia, and industry to discuss these solutions, and and a big component of that is the regulatory process. That right now you see a lot of sort of algorithms that are um, tried in the wild or maybe on a limited data set, and there's a whole process of uh, certifying when an algorithm is appropriate for clinical use that is still in development. Like this is uh, certainly we have a lot of uh, historical precedent to build on from how medical devices were regulated but we are adapting those regulations um, it's, it's still sort of a emerging area of how do you regulate uh, an ai algorithm do you freeze it at a certain parameterization do you allow the algorithm to continue to learn and what happens to the performance as it's applied in the field
0: yeah, absolutely. That sounds like an incredibly promising nexus of research and the brain summit is again it sounds like it's the first of its kind and it's really bringing together this focus on on brain and mental health. And you know, it is clear that mental and brain health is a huge focus among both VA caregivers and researchers like yourself. You'd mentioned VA treating an exceptional amount of TBI patients, you know, the focus on PTSD and suicide prevention. As just a general scope. Are there certain mental and cognitive health conditions that are typically more common among veterans than the general population?
1: Uh, you know, I can't speak particularly to some of the demographics. I do know some unfortunate statistics, like, for instance, TBI is the signature injury of the previous of the most recent wars. Part of the reason for that being is that, from my you know very limited understanding of this subject, is that our defensive countermeasures, like body armor, uh, armored vehicles, that sort of thing, have become so much better than in previous wars that uh, casualties on the battlefield that. Not only would would have been fatal, are now survivable, but survival now includes perhaps uh, you know a, a, a possibility of brain injury. Uh, you know, some of these people wouldn't have survived before now we're able to uh, bring them back, but uh, there is perhaps some damage. Now another you know unfortunate sort of propensity is that uh, mental health issues, I think are still Prominent in the veteran population for a variety of different reasons. I'm not really an expert in this domain, but I know that uh, suicide is suicide rates among veterans are still higher than the general population, and that's the an aim of like different projects, such as uh, some of the projects we look to highlight in our um, Brain Summit. Are, for instance, the outcomes of Mission Daybreak, which uh, was previously the Suicide Prevention Grand Challenge, that has been. Sort of an industry-wide competition to uh, sort of sprint ahead in sort in some developments in suicide prevention. Uh, There's also uh, a number of our pilots, like including the uh, Veterans Crisis Line triage system that will apply natural language processing to uh, detect for signs of distress in messages that are submitted to the VA. And we have the new uh, 988 uh, crisis line that has been recently unveiled by the Office of Mental Health. So we are bringing a lot of cross-cutting subjects, I believe, because there is, you know, an association between uh, TBI and and some of these uh, mental health issues that might arise, for instance, because of the damage. Uh, so that's why we we really want to bring these practitioners together in the same uh, sort of setting, uh, because there are some cross-cutting needs that can be addressed in this kind of situation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really critical, that focus on TBI. And it's a really, really, you know, solid point you brought up about the changes in, for example, battlefield injuries in the past conflict and how that is, you know, leading to a particular kind of commonality of injury with TBI and other kind of cognitive relevant symptoms. And, you know, it is really clear that the Brain Summit aligns with VA's broader goals around mental health care and improving mental health and brain outcomes. Can you tell a bit more about how NIA is partnering with other parts of VA to really drive this kind of research forward?
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, NIE doesn't. Uh, our office doesn't really treat patients directly. We're not uh, clinically practicing, and uh, so we often partner with the appropriate department for the clinical expertise and also for the implementation of these different technologies. Uh, we're really housed under the Office of Research and Development and the uh, Secretary Center for Strategic Partnerships. So we we do a lot more of the of setting up research pilots, of advising on. AI aspects of different uh, research projects and on a screening of new technologies, like including through the AI Tech Sprint program where we actively evaluate uh, prototypes. So like for instance, with when it comes to mental health, I'm certainly not a uh, clinician or, or expert by any means. And so we partner with the Office of Mental Health to really provide that sort of expertise. And that's actually a topic too that has been brought up many times before, is that we want to ensure that uh, technically minded people in artificial intelligence, or you know, sort of developers who are are pushing the limits of what we can do with AI, and clinicians who are advancing in their own fields, uh, have some overlap or have some collaboration. That's what we really want to um, get out of this Brain Summit as well.
0: Definitely. It really does sound like those kind of partnerships between researchers and clinicians is essential for, again, providing information, feedback, for sharing learnings, for that kind of essential collaboration. And on a technical level, I'm wondering, where are you drawing the research, uh, the medical information, the kind of patient data that is being used in NIA's ongoing brain and mental health research? How, How are those partnerships really being formed to kind of bring that kind of critical information into your process?
1: Sure. And, and, you know, I, again, got to give credit to a lot of the offices that we collaborate with that we will oftentimes uh, collaborate with other offices on a particular research protocol or on a ongoing operational effort. And so like, for instance, um, really uh, to highlight TBI again, um, the passage of the commander John Scott Hannon act recently has brought with it now a new directive and a new wave of funding uh, to address TBI and uh, mental health research. So we partner then with uh, the sort of uh, lead researchers uh, in at the VA, uh, Dr. Stu Hoffman in TBI, who works with various uh, people at the, at the top of their fields across different academic institutes to move in the direction of, you know, where the field should be going. So to make that more clear in this context is that uh, the approach that they're looking at uh, tends to be more multi-omic. So you have, for instance, um, lab values that can be collected through blood tests or blood draws or something to that extent, but you also have uh, genomic testing that patients can uh, volunteer for, that the VA enrolls patients in certain clinical trials. And then you also have very complicated sorts of combinations of structural and functional imaging um, there's a new technology, well, relatively new technology called diffuse tensor imaging, which uh, oftentimes, I think makes the covers of various textbooks because it looks so fascinating. But the idea behind that technology is that you're able with an MRI machine to uh, get a rough sense of connectivity within the brain. So, if you combine all this information together, the question the sort of research questions that we're looking to work with these other investigators to answer, are uh, can you put together an algorithm that can integrate all this information and make meaningful distinctions within our patient population about you know what sort of treatment route is really the most effective for these for a person's particular injuries or particular sort of expression of the illness tbi is really an enormous category you know depending on the mechanism of the injury where the injury is it can have completely different presentations
0: yeah, absolutely. This sounds like this very cutting-edge stuff. And both the obvious complexity of the work you're looking into, again, you mentioned the sheer variability of TBI. It sounds like TBI is more of an umbrella category, you know, than anything else, sort of anything, you know, traumatic that happens to the structure of the brain, as well as, you know, a lot of the work that you're you're looking into that really seems to be driving kind of like the, the approach to cognitive science and and brain injury treatment forward more broadly. And and I'm wondering in light of that kind of, before we wrap things up, is, is there anything you'd like to share, you know, both about the upcoming brain summit that's going to be next month, aka, you know, September, 2022, or just broadly speaking, where you see VA's brain and mental health research going forward from here?
1: I would defer to the Brain Summit, actually, in this case, because um, we certainly will have a lot of the top professionals in these fields, a lot of uh, very senior VA members uh, talking about their own initiatives at this event. And so for for anybody interested in the Brain Summit, um, it's September 7th through 9th. It is uh, an open event, so registration is required, but there's no fee associated with it. It will be held at the uh, Hilton in Crystal City, Virginia. That's the uh, hotel that's attached to the Reagan National Airport. And there's information and registration on our website. And on our website, you can also see on the registration page the schedule. The speakers are being updated there. Some of our our headliners include uh, not only nine people, but also uh, Dr. Matt Miller, for instance, who is the director of the Suicide Prevention Program at VA. Uh, we have lead researchers from institutes such as Harvard, Johns Hopkins University, uh, really just academics from across the board, Duke University as well, uh, University of San Diego, uh, UC San Diego, I should say. And uh, we we hope to have also a strong industry presence in addition to sort of our headline speakers. So I would occur, encourage everybody to get the most complete picture of this summit, which um, should cover... In addition to these core three core medical topics, um, some cross-cutting topics on technology, on, uh, I forgot to mention also blockchain and healthcare applications, but uh, different infrastructure developments that are happening at PA, uh, regulation and policy, and different innovations, just broadly speaking, uh, will be presented by people at the apex of their field. And for more information, please go to the NI website at research.va.gov NAII. And we have a, a subpage just for the Brain Summit that lists all the topics and can lead you to registration where you can see the speakers and the schedule.
0: Definitely. You know, I'm sure we're all really looking forward to that. It sounds like an incredibly promising uh, summit. Of course, I'm going to be there and I'm sure we're, our organization is going to be there as well to cover it and see the work you're bringing together. So again, really looking forward to that. And also, Dr. Frick, just want to say thank you so much for coming back onto the program.
1: Yes, thank you again for having us. And uh, we'll be happy to share our future directions going forward.
0: HealthCast, along with GovCast and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them in your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at gcio.com.